Before you switch off, uh, just so you know, you are listening to another edition of Mickey Rourke Talk. And that fine music you can hear is a bit of a Irish accordion sound. Traditional, the britches are full of stitches. The music is by the Fair Isle folk which is kind of uh, appropriate because the movie we are talking about today was filmed on the Isle of Man. Makes me want a Guinness, actually, sitting around a pub, listening to that with friends. Okay, enough of that. Uh, Yes, as mentioned, this is another edition of Mickey Rourke Talk. My name is Shane A. Bassett, your host, the movie analyst, and this is the podcast where we discuss the movies of Oscar-nominated American actor, Mr. Mickey Rourke. Today's film is one, I guess, not many have seen. This is the first time I've watched it, although I have owned a copy of it for quite some time on DVD. But uh, this is my first watch ahead of recording this excellent podcast. The movie is Shogar. It's a true story. It was filmed in 1998 for a 1999 USA release. And what a year. I've said this before, 1999. There is a book all about the movies that were released in 1999. And you know what? They don't even list a lot of the ones I actually like. They only list many and mostly the blockbusters. The common ones, the ones that became popular on DVD after theatrical success or non-success. 1999 included movies like Forces of Nature, The Matrix, Fight Club, At First Sight, Office Space, Run Lola Run, Eyes Wide Shut. The, uh, The list is long. This movie, as I mentioned, a true story. It begins in 1983, February the 8th. And it's about an Irish racehorse that is stolen. It's a champion that's taken. And this is all about the connection it makes with a little orphan kid. Well, he's not that little, but he's young. He unwittingly, behind closed doors, hides when he shouldn't. And this sets up a chain, I guess you could say a chain reaction of events because he as I mentioned, unwittingly becomes involved. He tries to elude the kidnappers after they decide to kill the horse because things don't go right for them. A decision is made of no negotiations for a ransom. Nobody can actually pay a ransom to get the horse back, which is what the bad guys actually wanted to do. But the government made their decision. And it reminded me, made me think, of the uh, movie Ransom, starring Mel Gibson, 1996 drama directed by Ron Howard, where that character refused to pay a ransom to get his kid back that was kidnapped. In this 
is similar in a sense where the government don't want to pay a ransom to get this hero horseback. Now, I get it in some respects, but that triggers this kid to steal the horse, ride off with it, so the bad guys cannot shoot it. This is truly surprisingly well-made, well-paced, well-acted, and it's a showcase for the gorgeous Isle of Man. Ah, yes, keeping with the Irish spirits, that is the Cranberries, one of my all-time favourite bands, actually, back in the day, and their song, the beginning of their song, Zombie. You know what? Sugar is also the movie that unlikely links Mr Mickey Rourke with the aristocrats of Downton Abbey. Now, find out how... Shortly, I'm not going to tell you right away. We see Mickey Rourke, uh, his name is third in the opening credits. Behind Ian Holm, David Warner, then Mickey Rourke as Gavin O'Rourke. And during an extended no dialogue, music driven opening sequence of the horse thieves doing their thing, Mickey appears at the 1 minute 45 second mark, pulling up a balaclava. Exposing his face. Mm, interesting. It's only quick and there's no dialogue, but there he is, filling the screen, Mickey Rourke. Then again, you see him at the 4 minute 15 second mark smoking a cigarette. Later he pops up at the 20 minute mark, uh, losing his patience, goes off a little bit ballistic uh, at a criminal colleague of his when the horse is announced as not receiving a ransom from anyone. That's right. But he still wants to know if the animal is secure because he orders it, a little bit later, he orders it to be killed. Now, even when Mickey, as Gavin O'Rourke, is angry, he is still quietly spoken. This whole movie is basically quietly spoken. You see him on and off throughout the film, and that's okay. I mean... A couple of times he's talking on an old school phone, a white telephone, which made me laugh a little bit. Uh, and I'm sure nobody was on the other end. He was just talking into a blank phone, reading his lines or remembering his lines. Funnily enough, uh, Mickey looks to be straight out of White Sands. I mean, his hair, his looks, his contours around his face, uh, they all match White Sands. But this movie is around seven years after White Sands. Look, maybe it's just uh, any excuse to mention White Sands, one of my all-time favourites of his, and a subject of a previous episode of Mickey Rock Talk. If you haven't seen White Sands, check it out. And then listen to the podcast, the Mickey Rock Talk. The director of Shogar, well, he was a camera operator. And he worked in electrical. He worked in the electrical department on different films, including Blow Up, 
classic British film from 1966, The Lovers of 1973, that movie with glamorous Paula Wilcox. And it also starred Richard Beckinsale, the father of Kate. Rocky Horror Picture Show in 1975, the all-time classic. He worked on that. He was a cinematographer in a comedy from 1990 called Madhouse with Kirstie Alley. And I remember seeing that. I own a VHS copy of it from memory. But Sugar was the one and only movie that I've seen that he's directed, but he only made three anyway. His name was Dennis C. Lewiston. And I kind of wished he had directed a few more movies, but uh, if this is the only one I see out of the three, I am quietly impressed. The most popular winner in racing history. I saw you win the Irish Derby. What's he worth? 15 million? 20 million? What a race. He's about to become the most famous horse in the world. Shergar was stolen from here. The Ballymurray started County Kildare last night. If anyone comes, I'll leave you behind this false wall. Is he secure? Shergar! And now, it's a race against time to save the life of a champion. So we're going to put a bullet in the horse's head. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Quick, Mr. Police, get Shergar into the store. You're safe with me. I'll stake my life on us. Just you remember that. Slow down, do exactly what they say. Could be the provisionals. I said, hold the car! Hold the car! This is my granddaughter, Lois. Miss, it's Kate. The stirring story of a champion and the lives he touched. He can do it, come on! I don't believe it. Did it for you, Kate. I know. The boy left, he just rode for me, that's all. Where is he? Let him go or I'll kill you. In the most thrilling race of his life. Academy Award nominee Ian Holm, star of Chariots of Fire, Alien and Brazil. And don't disobey me. Do I ever? Yes, often. David Warner, star of Titanic, The Omen and Star Trek. They'd find us. And it's a bullet in the head. And Mickey Rourke, star of The Rainmaker, Diner and Nine and a Half Weeks. I want you to shoot him. Join with newcomers Tom Walsh and Laura Murphy. Hey, keep your mind on the fish. So supper, remember? Shergar. Ah, yes. Well, um, often in the uh, Mickey Rourke talk episodes, I discuss what Mickey is wearing in the movies that he appears in. So, what does Mickey's wardrobe consist of here? Well, it's a selection of trench coats. It's almost like he's off to a trench coat convention every time you see him. Uh, he's got a brown skivvy turtleneck thing keeping him warm, no doubt, on at one point. He has a, a thick material undershirt under a jacket. I couldn't quite make out what that was. Jeans, boots, I'm not sure what style of boots. And, um, you know... Maybe that's all pretty basic clothing for rural Ireland in 1983 when the movie is set. And Mickey Rourke's fellow co-stars, well, he doesn't act opposite too many people here. He doesn't have many scene partners, uh, not any of the primary cast anyway, such as, uh, you know, Ian or David. But I will get to the cast in a second. 
But I'm going to kick it off with one particular cast member who's only in it for maybe a few seconds, 30 seconds, maybe one scene, could be a minute, I didn't time it. Julian Fellows. Now, do you know the name of Julian Fellows? Are, you all, are the light bulbs turning on in your head? Because he's the great creator, writer, creator of Downton Abbey. That magnificent period <laughs> upper aristocrat show that turned into a couple of movies. He also wrote The Tourist. So come on, 2010 movie with uh, Johnny Depp and Angelina Jolie. Come on, Paul Bettany. I like that movie. I, I give it some, you know, I give it love. But yeah, Julian Fellows appears in Shogar, so Mickey Rourke is linked to Downton Abbey. Who would have thought? Who else is in the movie? Well, as I mentioned, Ian, as in Ian Holm. Love Ian Holm. He he was amazing. I liked him in From Hell. Speaking of Johnny Depp, the 2001 film that uh, had Heather Graham and Johnny Depp also had Ian Holm. Ian was in Alien. He played Ash in the 1979 movie Alien. Wow. He was in The Naked Lunch, which I thought was pretty good, a David Cronenberg movie. When I say good, difficult to watch, but really good adaptation from a movie, from a book that was pretty hard to be turned into a movie. Let me tell you, The Naked Lunch. I have a collector's edition, VHS copy of that with an original cover, man. I love, love that poster, that original poster for The Naked Lunch. And, of course, I can't mention Ian Holm. I mean, a string of movies including the Lord of the Rings trilogy, but I have to mention The Fifth Element, 1997. Ian Holm is in that. Yes, of course he is. David Warner. Yes, David Warner. Not the cricketer, but the actor was in The Omen. But when I think of David Warner, I think of Twin Peaks. He was in three episodes from memory of Twin Peaks. Also, he starred opposite... John Bon Jovi in The Leading Man. He was in Tron in 1982. Oh, yeah. What a movie Tron is, if you haven't seen that. Way back before Pixar was Pixar, this kind of got the ball rolling. You'll see what I mean if you don't know what Tron is. Check it out. David Warner's great in it. Jeff Bridges is also in it for The Uninitiated. And David Warner was in Scream 2. He was in Scream 2, playing the character of Gus Gold. And Titanic, of course, he was in 1997's Titanic, directed by, you know the name, James Cameron, of course, and Money Talks. What a year 1997 was for David Warner, Titanic, Money Talks, and Scream 2 as Gus Gold. Who else is in the movie? Well, Andrew Connolly. His face looked familiar to me when I was watching this movie, but I did not, you know, when I looked him up and checked out his career, nah, don't think it was the guy I was thinking of. However, he's good in this movie, quite good actually as a villain, and I don't remember him in it because it's been a long time since I've seen it, but he also appeared in Patriot Games, the 1992 political thriller with Harrison Ford. He was in one episode of Lost. I reckon that might have been where I recognised him from because I'm a bit of a lost aficionado and I do miss that show. I chuck it on every now and then, in particular certain episodes. But funnily enough, this Andrew Connolly actor, he was in a movie called The Courier from 1988. And Mickey Rourke is in a movie called The Courier 
from 2012. Just thought I'd throw that in. Tom Walsh, he plays Kevin in this, and it was his only movie. He's the guy, he's the kid that I was talking about that takes off with the horse. He's good, but he's not been in any other movies since, before or after. Tom Walsh was good. Laura Murphy was better. She plays Kate. Absolutely stunning. Drop dead gorgeous, appealing, funny, and all the right moves. Her connection with Tom Walsh was terrific, and it had to be, uh, to be believable. And her connection with her grandfather, played by Ian Holm, was also really good. Yeah, so a bit of a shame. Laura Murphy could have been anything. I thought the talent was there. Other things of note in Shergar, it may be obvious, but different horses were used. Now, when I say obvious, you've got to look closely at times, but there were probably never, the filmmakers were never going to use just one horse for a movie, right? Because there's a lot of scenes with horses. Close-ups, long shots, running, standing, whatever it might be. Even gets painted. Well, when I say painted, it gets dyed with hair dye to try and, you know, make it a little bit inconspicuous, change its coat. Various scenes of different horses didn't make a difference to me. It's still an inspiring story and it makes it all easy to swallow. The changes in the thoroughbreds, the acting thoroughbreds, didn't bother me at all. The score by John Scott. Who's John Scott? Don't know. But his orchestral score in this is rousing. It's swift, it's fantastic, it's foreboding and it's memorable in all the right moments. The music is really impressive. As mentioned earlier, the non-ransom payment plot reminded me of Mel Gibson's movie Ransom. One incredible drama directed by Ron Howard. If you haven't caught up with it for a while, check it out. It, uh, it holds up, it's a good one. Ian Holm, well, he plays a tinker. It's like a gypsy, I think. He's travelling around the countryside with a horse and cart. Uh, he takes Kevin fishing. And it's a really f- quite funny scene. I call it Fishing with Ian. Check the movie out for that five minutes of lighthearted fun alone. You will not be disappointed. It is hilarious. Fishing with Ian. In Shergar. There is a scene at the start where Mickey's character appears to shoot a dog. Yes, warning needed for dog lovers, although it's off screen. But also keep in mind that Mickey Rourke is a huge, always has been, always will be, is now. Just look at his Instagram and you'll know what I'm talking about. Mickey Rourke is always an advocate for animals. He's a huge animal lover and his character is not, I'd say. But he's acting. Please keep that in mind. He's also dead with 30 minutes about 30-odd minutes to go in the film. And that shocked me. How did he die? Well, I can hear you asking. Mickey Rourke carks it. He shot the bits in the back seat of an 80 sedan at a checkpoint on a country road. He's ambushed by cops and the military. Yeah. Well, Shergar, have I convinced you to watch it yet? I hope so. It's worth it. Just listen to this. Jeeps crashing. 
horse hooves jumping. Men in trench coats getting out of cars. All on an Irish cliff top. Uh, there you go. There's a little bit of, um, well, the final moments, kind of, of the film. I'm not going to give anything away. If you don't know the story of Shogar, I'm sure that uh, if you are an Irish history buff, you're going to know all about it. If you're a horse racing fan, you might know all about it. If you're a Mickey Rourke fan, you might have already seen it. And I'm whistling Dixie. Well, Mickey has a decent Irish accent. I think that that is a little bit of a controversial opinion. Uh, one he also used to, I believe, effective proportions in the 1997 thriller, A Prayer for the Dying. He has a lead role in that movie and he's using the Irish accent all the way through. And this one, there's scenes where he's not even talking or it might seem that um, he's talking to nobody on the telephone, as I kind of mentioned, but I thought he does an okay Irish accent. You be the judge. You watch it and let me know. Is Sugar worth watching? Well, yes, indeed. It's top-notch. It's a low-key movie, but it's got many positives. Uh, it's one for a breezy, enjoyable 90 minutes of chill time with that Irish charm. And a few Guinnesses might help too. Could Mickey have played any other role? Well, I believe that he'd pre be uh, quite excellent and convincing in the role that David Warner played, if it was expanded, though. David Warner's the farm owner that these crooks get it to use his farm for to hide Shergar. And you can tell he's a bit of an animal lover. He's been on the farm his whole life and, you know, he's got various animals around the farm. And uh, I think Mickey Rock would have been good in that role if it was a little bit more expanded. But Mickey as Gavin O'Rourke might be minimal, although he's still a presence and decent, I think, considering he doesn't have a lot of active scenes. As mentioned, I have the DVD. Uh, it's an all-regions physical media DVD in my collection. I ordered it from the UK from memory. As far as I'm aware, it is not screening anywhere on Australian streaming services. So there we are. That is it. Uh, that is my little rundown, brief rundown of the movie Shogar. If you hadn't heard of it before, well, maybe I've enlightened you. I certainly enjoyed watching it for the very first time and getting a chance to give you my opinion all about it. And I uh, thought Mickey, he didn't disgrace himself at all. But it was during that time where he wasn't really starring in any huge movies. Shades, Sugar, and Out and 50 were all released in 1999, uh, all of which I'm fully aware of and have seen, but not everybody has. Okay, well, my name is Shane A. Bassett, your host. I hope you enjoyed listening to uh, Mickey Rock Talk. You can contact me, shaneadambassett at gmail.com, Find me on social media at movie underscore analyst or listen to uh, the Nine Radio Network around Australia or the Triple M Network around Australia. You'll hear me on the radio talking movies and much more. Thank you very much and until next time, 
Long live Mickey Rourke.